0: Hey, cabin lovers. Welcome back to another episode of the My Dream Log Cabin podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with me. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland, and this podcast is brought to you by Caribou Creek Handcrafted Log Homes. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of My Dream Log Cabin podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland, and I'm excited today to be joined once more by Donna Peake, who is the editor at Log & Timber Magazine. Donna, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Lindy. I'm happy to be here again. It's always a good time. It is. And it's like last time you were on, I mentioned you would be coming back quarterly. We have a new episode getting ready to hit newsstands. So tell us what's coming out. What are the new and exciting things people can look for on in the next magazine?
1: Yeah, we are actually just yesterday, we shipped our March issue which will be coming out if you're a subscriber. It will, you'll be getting it around Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day. And if you're just looking for it on newsstands, you can look for it at the end of the month. But this issue in particular is always one of my favorites. I mean, it's, it's hard to pick a favorite. It's like picking your favorite child, you know, because everyone you do, you're so proud of when it's all said and done. But there are a couple themes that we do every year that our readers love and we love giving them this information. And March happens to be one of them. So the, the theme is rustic chic. And it's basically our way of looking at and almost dispelling the idea that log homes are a style or they have to be pigeonholed into they can only look one way. So if you think about a log cabin, you think, well, I can only have log furniture and I can only have plaid curtains and I can only have buffalo checks everywhere. And, you know, there's a certain aesthetic that. Uh, is is right for a log home, and you can't deviate from that. And so, this issue, really, we take a good long look at why. Although all those things look great in log homes, and if you that's your style, that's totally great. But you don't have to feel like that's the only style that you can use. And we really see in evidence of you know when we get um, feedback from readers and when people send in their homes to us to be featured, just how diverse the styles of all these homes are. And, and Rustic Sheet capitalizes on that. So we are able to look at how different motifs can sort of elevate the log home ideal. You can, you have that natural backdrop and you can do so many different things with it. So you can add iron, you can add a lot of like maybe Austin stone, which is a little bit more of an elevated look than like a normal field stone or even river rock. You can add Victorian elements to it. You can add mid-century modern elements to it. I mean, really, I mean, I I always like to say that, you know, a a logger timber frame home is kind of like a little black dress. You've got that foundation and it's going to stay in style forever. And then how you accessorize that based on your own personal taste, no matter what you do, as long as it's what you're comfortable with and what you enjoy, it's going to work. And so this issue really kind of showcases that we have rustic, elegant bedroom that we're going to feature. And we're going to break down the elements of how that makes that particular space work. We've got a house that's a little bit more on the modern side in that issue. So we're trying to show how a little bit of a, I guess you could call it maybe Scandinavian. It's not quite going that austere, but sort of more in that minimalist kind of direction. So
0: yeah, I mean, it's it's just really fun. It's really fun to see what what people do. What a fun follow-up to the last few episodes we featured here on the podcast, talking about how to customize a floor plan, talking about 2024 general interior design trends and just how well they fit with log homes. But what a great way to piggyback that and then grab your copy of the magazine so that you can see it in right. action and really get your creative juices flowing. Like that's what I love about that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. It's, it's really inspirational to see how, diverse these homes can really be and how the mindset of, you know, a log home can only be one thing. Timber homes have enjoyed a little bit more diversity, I think, than log homes as far as interior finishes because there is so much, traditionally, so much more drywall space and you can infuse more color in the walls than you normally can in a full log home. But but people are finding ways to take that and apply it to full logs and, and add that color and that richness and that depth mm. that, you know, it just gets better and better over time. You know, we've just seen so many really unique and interesting things. So that's why, you know, this issue always yeah. kind of be, be a little bit kind of gets me energized.
0: Well, and it's cool that you mentioned that because I was doing some Pinterest searching, which I know many of our listeners do as well, recently. And I just, I don't know, personally, I've just had this interest in like an emerald green color. It looks really good with logs, you know? Yeah. And I'm thinking like, how can I incorporate this? And one (laughs) of the things that stood out to me on Pinterest was curtains, like voluptuous, Mm -hmm. velvety looking, cozy curtains and how... That can add so much contrast to the room, the colors, the vibrancy. So you don't necessarily have to worry about painting, which is nice because then now right. when the trends change, you just change your curtains. Like that's so much simpler.
1: Yeah, that's a whole lot easier than you know painting, you know, your walls or your cabinetry or whatever. You know, just infuse it with color. But yeah, I mean, olive green is a really hot color. I mean, the I mean, trees have green leaves, like mm-hmm. most. Of them. So, you know, it's like, how can you go wrong with green? But, you know, I'm seeing recently a lot more depth of green where it's really those super saturated colors. And in fact, in our best, I'm sorry, our uh, favorites home issue that we just did in the beginning, the very beginning of the year, we like to explore a lot of the trends that are out there just in design in general and what people are leaning to. And so one thing we always look for is what is going to be the color of the year which is usually set by the company Pantone. I mean, paint companies will kind of piggyback off of that. But usually Pantone, which is considered the color expert in in the color field, they'll kind of set their color of the year. And this year I think it's called fizzy peach or something like that. It's definitely this kind of translucent peach color where when I first looked at it, I was like, "Hmm, I don't really know how that applies." And then the more I looked at it and the more I thought about it, it's a perfect compliment to logs because it it does have this soft, but yet richness of color in it that, you know, I mean, logs kind of mostly skew in, I mean, unless you really go at deep, deep, deep brown or you whitewash them or something, most log stains kind of skew a little bit in the orange family. So this kind of just really draws on that and enhances that color but then lightens it up too and just makes the space feel really fresh. So the more I looked at the color the more I was like, oh yeah, this actually really unlike last year, last year's color was fuchsia, so that was a little bit of a stretch I think as far as most people putting that in a log house, but this one definitely is a lot more applicable. And I think you'll see a lot of textiles and draperies and stuff like that that are going to be in this color throughout 24.
0: Interesting. I always wondered who came up with the color of the year. So <laughs> thanks for finally answering that for me. <laughs> it is Pantone. <laughs> I don't really know what they do the rest of the year, but you know, every
1: year it's like
0: <laughs> everybody's all waiting. It's like Groundhog Day, that we're waiting for the Pantone yes. Day when they're telling yep. us the color. <laughs> yep. What, what is going to be? That's hilarious! <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so as far as you know, we're seeing in trends what well, we've talked a little bit about um, colors, and we've talked about textures earlier. You were also talking about furniture. I mean, before we jumped on this uh, Zoom, we're mm-hmm. talking about texture of, of furniture and different styles, and the way that's going, kind of moving away from the the farmhouse design. That's kind of like totally out now, which. Ironically, that is literally how I opened up the last couple of episodes (laughs) because that's what I was saying. Like, I loved the farmhouse design. I was moving. I'm trying to capture, like, how am I going to incorporate it? And I never could. It was like, I had little pieces here and there, but it was never just like full-on farmhouse. I definitely ended up feeling pigeonholed. Like you were saying, a lot of people feel that pigeonhole of it's a log cabin. I have to stick with this traditional, like red checkered, you know, moose and bear, like that kind of thing. And I'm like, how do I get away from that and make my house feel more modern without, you know, but keep that cabin vibe. And so I really liked what you had to say, if you could um, elaborate on that. Yeah, I mean,
1: and honestly, we still see a lot of that traditional cabin vibe. People are, I mean, they love nature and usually they love wildlife and a lot of people will still want to bring that into their homes and that's awesome if that's your thing but i think the thing to keep in mind is that if you if it's not your thing and you but you like log homes but you feel like you don't want to live in that sort of cabin in the woods kind of environment you don't have to and you know we're seeing Victorian furniture, mid-century modern elements, even in the structure of the homes. I've seen a lot of really interesting modern log homes lately with a very mid-century kind of design to them with what they call the butterfly roof, you know, which inverts like this instead of going like this. So they're not only putting it into the decor of their homes, but actually into the architectural details and design as well. So that's kind of interesting. The thing that I always like to stress in the magazine, and I do it definitely do it a couple of times a year, usually in my editor's notes, is that, you know, logs and and timber frames are a medium. They are a building material. They lend themselves toward some very specific styles to them, but they themselves are really not a, a, a style. So don't feel just because you want the natural log home feeling, which so many people do now. You know, the more technology driven we go. And the more they tell us, I meaning when like AI is scaring everybody to death, right? Because it's like, oh my God, the robots are taking over. So the more we go that direction, the more we crave a sense of nature and feeling like, you know, you, you've got that grounded sort of sense. So, and people are putting it into their homes. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's where you spend, especially a lot of us, you know, that work from home, like at least part time, if not full time, you know you're here all the time. So you want to surround yourself with an environment that is going to be nurturing, It's going to make you happy. You're not going to be stressed out because you feel like everything is sort of at odds, or you don't like what you're looking at 24 hours a day, or all your waking hours of the day. And and that's really something that log and timber frame homes provide is that built in sense of nature. And then what you do with it is entirely up to you. You know you can make it bohemian. I mean, I've seen homes that are sort of have that California boho kind of feel to them. That is just as at home and a long home as, you know, just going with the Buffalo checks and the bears. It's, it's really more versatile than people give it credit for.
0: Mm, I love that. That is so true. And then what about as far as the furniture goes? (laughs) Because that was something we, we talked about a little bit was art was becoming a really big in 2024, these were the trends, right? Art is becoming a lot more popular and not so much the cookie cutter art that was really popular with the farmhouse stuff, but more unique pieces, custom pieces, yeah. almost more of a Renaissance style looking, just you, uh, heirloom pieces even are yeah. really becoming a thing, which I love personally. I just love that. But when that trend is also applied to furniture, you mentioned like, you know, we see a lot of the log furniture and maybe maybe that isn't necessarily, that's an area where people kind of get, this is one thing I will say, like this, I've heard this from people and then I had the same experience. I moved into my log home. I was really excited about it. And then I'm picturing the log furniture, the log home, the, all the things. And then I'm like, wow, this is just too much of the same color. Everything's wood. I love the wood, but it's a little overkill. So I loved what you were talking about with the, the layering and the depths and the different textures of wood. So can, if you can elaborate on that from a furniture perspective,
1: one of the biggest things that I've seen, I've been doing this for 24 years now, I've been around the log home industry and um, it's the one place where I've felt good, like the entire time, you know, it's like, it really kind of sucked me. I never really thought 24 years ago that this would be where my career was taking me, but I fell in love with them. Like so many people do. But the one thing that I can tell you from when I was in this business in the early 2000s versus now, and it's a welcome change, is that people are using different wood species and different stain shades. Where 20 years ago, if I looked at a picture of a house, everything was pine and it was all stained the same color from the floors to the walls to the cabinets to the furniture. It's like it was so monochromatic and every, nothing stood out, you know, everything was so much the same color that it all just kind of blurred together into one great big honey toned mess, you know, just, it was too, too much of a good thing can actually be too much of (laughs) it. So So, so now, you know, people are using, let's say they want to use the honey tone on their logs, which so a lot of people do, although it's kind of toned down a little bit, like we see a lot of more softer browns and less of that golden kind of color that we used to see, you know, 20 years ago. But let's say, you know, the, the logs are honey, but the floors are natural. So they're sort of have this blonde look with maybe just a clear coat on them. So you definitely see where the wall stops and the floor starts. And then maybe the cabinets might be painted, you know, maybe they're painted like a rich green or, you know, something even I've seen a lot of black, you know, black looks amazing because it really pops off those off those walls, even more so than white. Although we see a lot of white too, but the black is really rich against the log tones. And then, you know, maybe the, the furniture is velvet, you know, their living room furniture might be a velvet and they've got a like Persian rug on the floor, you know, and there's all kinds of color in that. So where before you almost didn't notice the logs, where it was just sort of like they were all there. Now it's like every element is, stands out on its own, but complements every other element that's in it. And, you know, I think people have shied away from mixing stains because they think it's like, you're not supposed to mix, you know, stripes and plaids or something, you know, they think it's just at odds with each other, but if you look at a forest, you know, the the trees, you've got pine trees, oak trees, maple trees, you know, all these different wood tones that make the forest so beautiful. Well, now they're bringing that to their houses as well. So you have all of the birch wood, you know, all of those colors infused into your home. And it just, it feels more natural and it feels calming as opposed to the tension that's created when everything is all the same all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Eh, yes, amen to that. Until I cannot break. wait. I cannot <laughs> wait to see these pictures. I'm I'm really excited about this episode or this edition of the magazine because well, I need some houses
1: in it, One of the houses in this issue is very is traditional. It has a great big log post in the center. In fact, we featured it on our back page. It's a great big log post with a carved bear with a little honey sort of thing in there. So these people loved bears. I think they said in the article they had like 386 bears in their house mm-hmm. and they're in sort of like a. I called it in the story. It's like a little Where's Waldo of bears. It's like you look at the pictures and you're trying to figure out where all the bears are, but they they loved them, you know, and but it they did a lot of things where that is such a very traditional log home thing to do the way that they sort of juxtapose that with some more modern design elements in it doesn't make it look out of date. You know, it kind of is like a kitschy little fun thing. It's like, oh, look how cute that is. But then you have all of these other more modern elements that are in the house to kind of ground that and bring it to the 21st century.
0: Mm -hmm. You know what I'm really hearing? Like all of this that you're saying, bringing in the tones from nature, really it's about the Experience of your home Absolutely. more than just the looks and the aesthetics. And I think, I mean, I'm remembering back when we had our formal living rooms. You know, and people still do that. But when I was a kid, my we had a formal dining room, we had a formal living room. Then we oh, had when you weren't allowed room. to go into. <laughs> That's right. We were not allowed. It was Christmas only. You know. <laughs> yep. Yep. But you know, I think people are really looking for more of an experience with their home rather than like a piece of. To just look at aesthetically, it's it's got to be both. It's got to be user friendly. They, they want it to be integrative. They want to feel it like they can be cozy in it. It's about the experience, and I just I just love that. And I love how log homes just fit to that so easily. It's just right. just so natural to have that. That's just so great. And and that's
1: it. that kind of leads me to think about another thing that we're doing in this issue. We actually did it in two ways. It was sort of serendipity that it worked out this way because I was thinking about home technology, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of ways now to incorporate home tech into a log home where it's not as intrusive i think as it used to be you know it it feels a little bit more organic to the log home experience as opposed to just being like tech and nature sort of like fighting with each other so we we did a piece, actually Catherine Owen, who's my managing editor, did a piece on smart home tech that's easy to use because that's one thing. I mean, I will be the first one to admit that I'm a little skeptical when it comes to overdoing the technology in your house. I don't have a Alexa or anything like that. I don't really want that in my home. But it's used. My dad does. My dad, you know, has some mobility issues. And so it's wonderful for him because he can say, hey, Alexa, turn the lights on. And Alexa does. So, you know, it it absolutely has a lot of practical applications, especially as we age in place in our homes. It allows a lot of people to stay in their houses longer than they might have been able to if they hadn't had access to these things. But- yeah, they can feel kind of intrusive. They can feel kind of like they don't really belong, especially in a log home environment. So Catherine did a great job of finding some really um, useful products that integrate well into the log environment. And then the serendipity part was every issue we feature, what we call the reader spotlight, where all of our homes are obviously owned by, you know, readers and, you know, real people. But, you know, we like to We tell those stories where every issue we like to have one reader tell the story from their point of view. And so they kind of write the story and and we publish it like in their own words. And that's what Reader Spotlight is. So it just turned out that the Reader Spotlight that we had selected for this particular issue when we started to peel back the layers was full of home technology. I mean, all kinds of stuff. So that was sort of really interesting because we hadn't really planned it that way but I love being able to see those kinds of products that we talked about in our product feature actually put into practice in this home that we're able to show readers side by side. And you would never be able to tell that there's anything super techie about this house, but it's it's techie to the nines. So
0: that's neat. Cool. Oh yeah. man, I you're just so good I, at making me want that even more. <laughs> <I was laughs> like really mackerel! My, my my son, my 15-year-old son is a tech way like so he's in the robotics team like he's very You're he's are born with computers know, advanced. Out, anyway. he is. He's, he's very advanced. <laughs> well it's kind of cool because I have four kids so my 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 youngest boy so my youngest is my daughter but my youngest boy is so old-fashioned like oh, yeah. he, he loves the log home he loves the woods he's just so right in his element in this house that we have and my daughter she walks around the house like I love this house like she's just that randomly I just love it It's just my oldest, he's so techie and he always has been. He would love if we could incorporate, like he actually, this is a funny little random side story, but he's the one that introduced us to Alexa. We were like you, Donna. We were like, no, Alexa. And I told him he's not getting one. I'm not buying one. We're not gonna have one. Do you know what? That kid called the Disney radio station and won. He was like the one millionth caller, like the crazy (laughs) thing, yes. And I'm like, okay, well- I guess God's got that one figured out and I'm out on this deal. Like, <laughs> God wants you to have an Alexa. Not we love an Alexa, but you know, it's just, it's like the, the one modern tech thing. <laughs> but all that to say is he would just really, like if I let him deck out our home in modern smart home features boy would he have a field day that would be just right there's some fun ones out there and
1: there's some that make a lot of sense and there's some that like why in the world would you ever need to use that <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah oh it's, goodness you're a little crazy that yeah okay. the ones there are some practical practical points to them
0: that's for sure mm-hmm. definitely Well, tell us where, again, tell us where people can go to subscribe. We'll make sure to link it in the show notes as well. But just for those that are listening. You can go to loghome.com and right up in the upper left-hand corner,
1: you'll see little pictures of the covers of the magazine and you can go there to subscribe. We're on in all Barnes & Noble bookstores. We're in Books A Million. We're in select grocery stores and Home Depots and Costco's. We're not in every single one of those. So we're kind of in areas where log homes are really you know, popular and there's other areas where you know, it doesn't make sense for us to be there. But pretty much if you go to a Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, you can find it on the newsstand. The easiest way is to just get it in your mailbox and subscribe. It's cheaper. You can get an entire year's worth of magazines for the cost of about slightly more than one than you would pay on the newsstand. So it's really the the best deal. If you love log homes and you love looking at pictures of log homes and hearing other people's success stories and also the problems. I mean, every home build comes up, you know, there's always problems on a job site. It doesn't matter what you're building. Every issue we have are from the field column, which is written by Dan Mitchell, who is a builder in Tennessee, but is familiar with um, issues nationwide. You know, he's kind of a Although he doesn't build nationwide, he's very involved at the national level as far as building goes. So he tackles some of the issues that he sees on job sites and tells people how to overcome them or how to deal with them if it's something you can't really overcome, but you just kind of have to manage the process, which is ironically what his column is about in this March issue is about the purpose of the process. Just kind of making sure that people understand that kind of thing when they're going into you know, designing and building a home. So, yeah, so all that stuff is it could come right to your house and you don't have to go search for it. You can get it mm-hmm. for cheaper.
0: Butter. Fantastic. Okay, um, wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. All You're right. Welcome. Well, until next quarter, when the next season launches, you guys go check out the magazine, subscribe, make it easy on yourself. You know, you want to. <laughs> I don't like, want <laughs> all those pictures. So. I'm like, mm, my decorating <laughs> juices are ready to go. <laughs> it's candy it okay. is so good yes because I'm doing twofold like I think how can I apply it to my house now and then I have my caribou creek home that I've visualized I've written out my floor plan I have it's like my 10 year my next 10 year plan so I have that one to decorate too you know we're yeah. gathering those ideas right. that's right <laughs> excellent thank you so much all right thanks so much Lizzie all right talk to you next
1: time.